everybody. Get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on a food-filled weekend. Yes. I can barely get my belly up to the table here to talk. I'm well, so that's full. not that's the ordinary. That sounds good for everybody. All my fans out there. Oh, he's so hot. Um <laughs> So, I mean, let's get into it. Uh, it's in Philly, and it's now in D.C., and it's very hip. It's on 7th Street, and it's called Hip City Veg. Mm-hmm. Its motto is, no matter where your day takes you, what you eat should be a simple decision that you can feel good about. So, Nicole Marquis, who is the founder, is here with us, and we're going to get some talk and taste of Hip City. I know. They brought and I'm hip. I'm extremely guy. hip. Have I mentioned oh my God. that? <laughs> so. All right. And later <laughs> in the show, Dory Greenspan is back with us on the phone. She has just dropped her new go- uh, new cookbook called Dory's Cookies. And for those of you who haven't heard of her, she is one of the culinary gurus in the baking world. So we're really looking forward to talking with her about this incredible book. It is just filled with amazing, amazing her, her cookies recipes. are so good. <laughs> Seriously? You would never toss... Doris cookies. All right. Anyway, uh, and what is in your pantry, and what do you need in your kitchen to help you be the best baker or home chef that you can be? What you need is you need it well stocked. And uh, we're really lucky because today we have La Cuisine's Nancy Pollard in studio with us. It's a fabulous kitchen boutique in Alexandria, and she's brought in a whole bunch of interesting things that we're going to talk about. You also need a dog that doesn't go into your pantry that pulls every damn thing out of it. Well, there's that, too. There is that. (laughs) The wines of Greece. Think about that. Greece Mm. and Macedonia and Georgia, that's that's really where the heartbeat of wine came from. Uh, Julie Peterson is in. Uh, She's in talking about the wines of northern Greece, Umidian, 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 Greece. Try saying that fast. Umindian. I don't know. Anyway. All right. Nice Northern try. Greece. Go ahead. We're going to be tasting them and finding out more about that. And in September, Le Diplomat, one of the great restaurants on 14th Street, a Stephen Star restaurant, uh, launched uh, uh, an homage to the French tradition of aperitifs. And we're going to be... Let's, I mean, we're going to be tasting a lot of them today. Uh, Morgan Stana is in. She's a lead bartender at La Diplomat. She was up till 4 in the morning, but she's upright. And <laughs> she is. and looks pour. great. She's all dressed. She's in good shape. <clears throat> yeah, she looks great. Yeah, she does. You all got all gussied up. It's radio, honey. I know. Why bother? But first, we're going to talk to Mike Koch, who's the executive director of Fresh Farm Markets. Is my voice shut? Hi, guys. <clears throat> hey, Mike. Mike, How do I sound you? like crap? Do no, I sound all right to you? Nobody cares. All right. Um, hey, so congrats on the feast. It was Fabulous. Awesome. Oh, yeah. It was a wonderful evening. Wonderful evening. Thank you guys for, for being there. Oh, are you kidding? We wouldn't have missed it. So, I mean, do you guys know how much you've raised yet? Yeah, we did uh, $304,000 gross. So wow. we're really pleased. Yeah, oh, my God. That's a amazing. Great event for, for local farms and, and our food shed. Really pleased. And, you know, such a homage to the food shed. We had 39 farmers and food producers represented. Every Every bite was grown, raised in, in this uh, region, so really proud of that. Well, and plus, I think the shift to Doc 5, where you hosted the event this year, was just such a terrific move, because I think it really embodied the kind of work that you guys do. You know, it just had a different feel this year. I mean, having been going yeah. to the feast for so many years, I just, I really loved how it, like, looked and felt. It was just 
totally different this year. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, happily um, have had so many great comments, Nikki, like yours. The um, event felt comfortable and, you know, the, the farmers in the room, I think, felt, you know, comfortable and the meal service was a la russe, you know, family style with platters. It was it was just lovely, and that food. Ah, I, I keep. What was that thing that was ravioli. sort of like a a veggie lasagna? No, thing. it was like a potato I, gratin. I don't know what that was. It what was delicious. Was it? it was a sweet potato and potato gratin. It was uh, Jeremiah Langhorn from the Dabney. He just it was knocked it out of the park. Yeah, yeah, he did. Everybody, you know what all the chefs did? It was a really fabulous evening, and I'm so glad you were able to raise that kind of funds. Hey, so now that the um, air is getting a little crisper, what are we seeing in yeah. the market? Oh, so the Kimura squash are all the rage here at market today, mm-hmm. um, along with, of course, all your favorites. Of course, you know, you know, my husband is like, Kimura squash? What is that? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like a little pumpkin, and you can cook the whole thing. I'm not as stupid as she portrays me, by the way. I don't think you're stupid, Mike. Yeah, just so you yeah, know. No, no, just no. Just not up on it. So they're all the rage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So people are you know, thinking <coughs> about braising meats. Um, you know, we we Pablo and I have a shoulder roast from Cedar Brook, and we're going to do it with some squash. And you know, we've still got some beautiful late uh, season greens, and it, it's just a perfect time to be shopping at market. You've got sort of both seasons represented. All right, cool. All, All right, right, tell everybody where they can find you, Mike. Freshfarm.org. All right, doll. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye now. So, Morgan. Yes. Wake Hi, up. Morgan. Well, you are awake. <laughs> Seriously, look at her spread. Look she at, is totally awake. Look at her. She's with it. Yeah, there's enough booze over there to sink the Titanic. All right. So, the Diplomat has all kinds of fabulous food and programs, and, the, you know, the, the, the gogers that come out ahead of time are like, I mean, they're like cheese and bread crack. I don't know how else you would describe them. Okay. So is this program intended to to kind of marry with those? Yes. Uh, so the Apero actually has four different types of gougeres on the menu. So it's, it's an expansion of that. Okay. Um, the Apero is really meant to be sort of this precursor to dinner. Uh, so it's got some light bites. Some light drinks. Got a couple drinks on special. It's like snacks. Yeah, it's like snacks. It's almost like a, yeah, like I said, like a precursor to dinner um, that is supposed to sort of wake you up for the meal, get you ready for the meal, not fill you up super full, not get you super drunk, but just get you to a point where you're ready for a really amazing dinner. Well, I think a lot of people, when they sit down at a restaurant and they, um, you know, look at a menu like such as what you see at Le Diplomat, you know, there's sort of like there's so much to peruse here, but I want to snack on something and have something to sip on while I'm figuring out the rest of my well, meal. Well, my go-to is the tartar steak and the gochers. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So what are you making first? So uh, for our uh, apparel menu, I'm doing two different spritzes. Okay. Uh, one is going to be a, a spritz. A spritz. So really with apparel, it's really meant to be sort of lighter alcohol cocktails. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, it's not really meant to get you drunk. It's just supposed to sort of... What your appetite for dinner. Okay. Um, so light, dry uh, aperitifs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so spritzes are a really good example of that because a little bit of dry sparkling wine definitely gets your appetite going. Right. Uh, and then a little bit of... Is that why foods. I eat so much? Because I drink so much dry sparkling wine? <laughs> it, I mean, it I mean, might be so a factor. Much. <laughs> I know. Uh, so yeah, so I'm doing a sort of spritz two ways. I'm doing a pomplemousse presse mm-hmm. uh, with a combier pomplemousse liqueur, okay. a light grapefruit liqueur, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of lemon juice, orange bitters, 
And then I'm also doing a uh, absinthe spritz. Okay. So absinthe. Are we going to see God? Yeah. Are we going to see God in the morning? Awesome. Yeah. We're going to let you make those. And we're going to move on to our next guest. All right. Nicole Marquis. Look at you. You're all ready. You did your hair. I to did. come on the radio, what's that I know. about? She looks good. She looks great. Nikki has the same kind of hair. I do. It's just she all does. slicked back today. Yeah, she's I'm doing a slick back look. I have exactly he has the same no hair. <laughs> so. Shut up. Okay. Let him imagine that I do. All okay. right. So, Hip City Veg. Yes. Is in Philly. It's here. <laughs> Let's talk about what the the why on this is really the best story of all. Why Why did you start this? Yeah, you know, about eight years ago, I read a few books that really sort of changed my whole idea about food and how it affects the environment and our health and other living things. And I was living with my dad at the time, just got out of grad school, totally Mm -hmm. broke, needed a place to live, went back home to my parents, and my dad was taking all sorts of medicine, Um, blood pressure medication, insulin for type 2 diabetes Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you know, was diagnosed with that. Um, was cholesterol- he in an unhealthy state, your father? You know, he was... How old was he? 55. Okay. 50s. Yeah. This is not um, about you. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know what? It's the story about so many men in their 50s. Mm-hmm. And so he's diagnosed with all these, you know, what I think are lifestyle diseases. And he's a little overweight. I mean, nothing like crazy, but mm-hmm. a little overweight. And kind of sluggish he's a nurse practitioner so he's the smartest guy for me smartest guy i know totally thought you know what it's genetics i have diabetes because my dad has diabetes and i'm like no you guys eat the same thing Mm -hmm. that's why you both have the same disease and i made him a green smoothie the same one that we serve at hip city veg right now and he was you're gonna go in i'm gonna take the first bite and he was so he was hooked he read a few books. Within two months of adopting a plant-based diet, mm-hmm. he lost 35 pounds. Wow. He got off his blood pressure medication mm-hmm. and completely put his type 2 diabetes into remission. Was it hard for him to move to a plant-based diet? Because I think a lot of people, like my son right now, yeah. uh, my 16-year-old decided to be vegetarian, not vegan, but vegetarian yeah. for the month He's of 16? October. Yeah. That's great. I don't know why he just decided to do it. And I mean... For me, though... Smart like his father. Yeah. <laughs> Who really does not do a vegetarian diet. But but for me, what I find hard is how do you in, um, make a plant-based diet that doesn't become a carb-loading diet? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I think there's so many carbs. Yeah. And how do you find that balance? I mean, carbs really got a bad rap mm-hmm. in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we did this whole Atkins pounds. diet. Yeah. And he's eating this way. What the hell yeah. difference does it make? And he's right. healthy. I mean, I hear you. This is yeah, yummy. Rever- I think, you know what? You could, I couldn't have said it better. Right. That's exactly it. Like, you know, it really, the proof is in how you feel. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, he just took a challenge. You need a napkin? I do. <laughs> let's get him right over there. Little, there that we go. That is really good. Is awesome. That took, well, let's talk about that because. Thank you. Instead of right. talking about the theory of it. Okay, like, so that let's looks talk like about a chicken the... sandwich, but it's not. Is that That's tofu? Right. I mean. Well, it's just like tofu. Exactly. It's organic soybeans mm-hmm. and organic grains. Mm-hmm. So right there you have you don't have simple or you don't have um simple carbs. You have right. complex, complex carbs. carbs. So there's right. a big difference there. I mean, of course, bread is processed carbs. So mm-hmm. wherever whenever you eat bread, you're gonna That's what you're doing. high sugar content. Right. Um but 
it's about balance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, my dad saw results within two months. That's amazing. And so that's why he stuck with it, just because he felt good. Mm -hmm. If he didn't feel good with it, he would have kept eating the same standard American diet. All right. So let's cut to Hip City and the menu there and... Right, your, and how you put it together. Yeah, right. because sure, we sure. want customers there. That's right. Drive the body. Thank you. Um, yes, so we have organic soy, organic grains, and we really put it into a familiar form. For okay. me, that was the key to success with the business model. Mm-hmm. I thought no one, one, I wanted to debunk the myths of plant-based eating. Because okay. everyone who thinks about vegans, they're thinking like this hippie, kind of pale <laughs> What's wrong with person hippies? that's, sort of just sacrificing and not eating a lot. I mean, a lot has changed in the past Uh decade. We don't have necessarily that image anymore. anymore, But, I mean, that was the image for my dad. He was like, I eat meat to stay healthy. This is delicious. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much. Let's put food in our mouths while we're on air. No, but I mean. I appreciate that. I love that. Um, That's a point. So really just familiar items. I knew Mm -hmm. everyone, you know, everyone likes a crispy ranch sandwich that we mm-hmm. get at Wendy's or wherever. And so I wanted to do that, just no cholesterol, no animal saturated fat. Well, mm-hmm. we're going to go to a break in a second, but I mean, the show's been on the air eight years, and everybody knows, like, when I get a short rib in front of me or something like that, that's big. This is delicious. It is. Thank really you. Good. I'm, I'm All right, it, we're going to take like a quick it. break, but when we come back, let's talk about how your menu is expanded and other things that people can find on it. Awesome. All okay. right, this is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie. Premier Seafood Company. ProFish delivers only the freshest, safest, and most sustainable seafood. Visit them at ProFish.com. Federal News Radio's Jason Miller is on Twitter. Follow him at jmillerwfed for the latest IT and federal management news at jmillerwfed. I'm Aileen Black. And I'm Gigi Shum. Together, we host Women of Washington. You'll hear the inspiring and amazing stories of women who have paved their own path to success and achieved incredible milestones in their careers. Some have leaned in. Others took an unconventional approach. All have made an impact on the business landscape of Washington, D.C. and beyond. Tune in Wednesday afternoons at 1 for Women of Washington, Federal News Radio, 1500 a.m. Download it anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Search Women of Washington. Did you know babies receive vaccinations that protect them from 14 diseases before they're even two years old? Adults, ask your health care provider about your vaccination needs and record. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says older adults need vaccinations to prevent flu, pneumonia, Tdap, hepatitis B, and shingles. Tdap, a combination of vaccine of tetanus, diphtheria, and pertussis, should be given to pregnant women during the third trimester to protect babies from whooping cough. Learn more at cdc.gov vaccines. This is John Gilroy. My show, Federal Tech Talk, answers the question, how does technology make life easier for the federal audience? I've spent years interviewing federal CIOs, tech leaders, and big company CTOs. What they tell me is compelling, provocative, and always relevant to the federal government and contractor. Check it out Tuesday and Thursday afternoons at 1 on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM, or download it anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Search Federal Tech Talk. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Nicole Marquis, who is the founder of Hip City Veg. They're now here in D.C. after taking over Philadelphia. And the food is good. Thank you. And what I was saying during the break is, you know, if you're brought up on meat and potatoes, you know, as much as you want, you know, it's hard to sort of get around, get your head around the fact that this is, it's not just good for you. 
this is good. Yeah. Thank and you. And it's satisfying. And that's, you know. That's I mean, awesome. That's what I wanted to get across. Part of it's biting into something and having some resistance when you're chewing it. This is great. Exactly. At the end of the day, if it doesn't taste good, it's going to be really hard for us to eat it. But you you're know? also <laughs> jumping into basis. the fast casual market as well. Yeah. That was definitely a part of the, you know, business idea mm-hmm. to begin with. We really, you know, the big vision is to be in every major city. Um and really bringing delicious plant-based foods to millions of people. Right. Well, that's amazing. So, so go, oh, ahead. go well, ahead. Go ahead. I mean, when I walk in, am I am I kind of going down like a cafeteria line? I mean, is it like that, or like do a I sweet sit and, or? You know what? It's a it's a modern, fresh take on fast food. So okay. you have the lines, the POS. You know, you go up to the register and you, you order, order it, and you order. And there's okay. someone with an we're a little more advanced. We have a little iPad, and we mm-hmm. order while you're in line. Mm-hmm. And so the the food comes out in four minutes, and it's really that familiar, nostalgic thing that you would do when you went to McDonald's. But this just happens to be healthier for you, and it tastes really good. Yeah, so it's great. Yeah. If so, I may well, say so, so myself. So what's the plan? So <laughs> you've got this one open, the and then what? Yes. World domination. No. Um, I mean, are you already looking at other areas in the D.C. marketplace? We're we're looking at more areas. Hopefully we can find something also in the suburbs that's really great. Mm -hmm. And then another one in Philadelphia we're opening in December on Broad Street. Cool. uh, And New York. New York is, yeah. Cool. Well, stay in touch with us. Keep us posted on what you're doing. This is really terrific. Thanks so much. What's the web address? HipCityVeg.com. That's V-E-G.com. Very clever. Very nice. This is delicious. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Morgan, let's go back to you. Morgan, I know you're still making the other ones, but let's talk about a little bit more about the program. So how did you come up with the kinds of sips that are on the menu? Well, so the French aperitivo uh, is not something new. It just sort of received a revival in America, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's a very commonplace thing in France. So being a French restaurant, it seemed fair that we should sort of incorporate, uh, you know, something from that culture, something that's very important to that culture. Right. Um, so, yeah, we decided to look at some sort of classic French aperitifs mm-hmm. and go from there. It just sort of was a natural progression of what we're doing with the other food and beverage stuff at, at Le Diplomat. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, so... It wasn't, it wasn't really a stretch. Um, and then I've got these cocktails ready for you guys. Okay. And then so what's the one you're going to be making after that? So after <laughs> because I that, just want more. Give yeah. me more. So after Wait that. Wait a minute. I've got to hook uh, up her intravenous yes, unit. Please. Uh, I'm doing a cocktail called the Mayo Jean. Um, and it is really an homage to the different types of spirits that have made, uh, sort of made the revival of the French aperitif come to America. Uh, There's a lot of these really amazing spirits that have gained popularity in America recently. Uh, Lillet, Dubonnet, uh, Suze is a Mm -hmm. huge one. Uh, And yeah, so it's featuring all of those things. Well, we'll look forward to getting into it. Yes, as we talk about cookies. Uh, (laughs) Dory, are you there? I'm here. Hi, Hi Dory. Good morning, Dory. How are you? Hi there. I don't know if Hello. you remember being on. You were on the show. We just Couple celebrated our eighth year on the show. I think you were on the show about six years ago. But, I mean. I, yes. Dory, you know, you, you hardly need an introduction. Dory Greenspan is the one of the great cookbook authors in the world. You've got 11 cookbooks out there. 
Baking Chez Moi was on the New York Times bestseller list, and Around My French Table was Cookbook of the Year uh, back in 2010. You're a three-time James Beard Award winner. I mean, you're like... You're and like, I'm not even tall. You're like, you're like the Michael Jordan of cookbooks and baking, so... Thank you, thank you, thank you. Actually, I I have eleven cookbooks, and on Tuesday I'll have twelve. Yes, I know. Cookies. Well, we've got the cookies, uh, Dory's cookies, right in front. That's of the us. advantage of being in this business. We get it early. We do get it early. We get it early. And, I mean, you know, one of the things I've read um, about some of the things you've said about doing this cookbook is that people are like. Wait a second. Haven't you done a cookies book already? But you haven't. Isn't that amazing? Given the the breadth and depth of your writing, it's really funny because when I would tell people that I was writing a cookie a cookie cookbook, they would either say, "Well, of course you are," mm-hmm. or as you said, "Haven't you already done it?" Because I had, you know, developed and published in various you know forms, um, probably about three hundred cookie recipes. But there was more. There was more. And I could have, so I have 170 really cool recipes in this new book. And I probably could have done 170 more if my editor didn't say, okay. That's enough. I mean, just for the record, I mean, it's a tremendous book. I mean, it's really big and it's filled with really beautiful photography. Yeah, the photography is great. But I've got a question. Do you try every one of these recipes personally? Of course she does. Well, then. You know know the end. Why don't you weigh 5,000 pounds? You're a little person. I am a little person. And okay, so of course, I create the recipes, I test them, test them, test them, I send them off to somebody else to retest. But I practice, I used to say that what I practice is bacon release. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I've decided that I want everyone to practice with me. And I've started this project um, hashtag cookies and kindness. Okay. And I'm encouraging people to bake cookies and to share them, maybe even surprise people by sharing cookies with them, mm-hmm. and to post what they've baked and what they've shared with hashtag cookies and kindness. Okay. And if you tag me at Dory Greenspan, I'll be able to see what you've done and be able to repost. And I want to start a sweet revolution, a sweet cookie revolution. Yeah, here's the problem with that. In our house, my wife and my daughter bake, and they're happy to share it with everybody but me because I... I, What are you talking about? You eat all of it. I'm carrying it around the middle, but (laughs) Mm. I mean... I mean, what what is the cookie on the cover? Is that a chocolate chocolate chip? I can't tell what that one is. That cookie is... The best cookie. It looks I like know. cookie crack, is what it's it looks like. like. Subway. What kind of cookie oh, is it? There, there's another name for it. So, <laughs> the cookie on the cover of Dory's Cookies is the World Peace Cookie. Okay, perfect. Something. Yep. Something we need. <laughs> Very so true. It's a, it's a chocolate cookie. It's kind of a cross between a shortbread and if a chocolate chip cookie were chocolate. Mm-hmm. So it has brown sugar in it. It has chunks of delicious dark chocolate and it has fleur de sel so that french sea salt sure so that it's just salty enough and very very chocolatey so that you eat one and you want one more just one more let me ask you a question about the addition of french sea salt to baked goods because i feel like 20 years ago you just did not see that and i mean obviously it's a delicious 
addition to a lot of baked goods, especially if um, chocolate is included. Especially but, chocolate, that's right. Um, but, you know, we're... Were people doing that, and they just weren't doing it in the United States? I mean, what do you, what, where do you think no, that came from? No, Nikki, it's so interesting. It's so interesting. So I worked with Pierre Hermé, who's probably like the world's greatest pastry chef, and right. he's in France. And 20 years ago, it is 20 years ago, he introduced me to Fleur de Sel, and he said to me, salt is really important in sweet. Just as it is in savory, it seasons things that we bake. Mm-hmm. And at 20 years ago, we were writing recipes with a pinch of salt. Right. That's it. Now we're actually putting in salt, quarter mm-hmm. teaspoon of salt or half a teaspoon, because we've really learned that just as in savory cooking, salt brings up the flavor of, as you said, chocolate, mm-hmm. brings up the flavor of butter, of caramel. So it's really an important part of baking. And in fact, I did some kind of crazy recipes in Dory's cookies and I did cocktail cookies. I know. So right. Salty cookies to have with I heard your other guests talk about aperitif. Right. So these are cookies that would go with um the um, spirits that she's serving at aperitif. Sure. So they're they're savory cookies to go with wine. To go with sparkling wine, champagne, to go with no, just, right. a, just a little nibble. Just, just a, little a little nibble, nibble at right? the start of the meal. So just I, a little nibble. I have a question. So it, it wouldn't be any different than taking, you know, basketball lessons from Michael Jordan. You know, everybody says, well, of course, Dory Greenspan can, can bake anything. If I'm a brand new baker and I, I you know, Which I don't he is, bake. because we don't let him bake. <laughs> uh, marriage. Um I guess the question is, you know, can I pick up this book and still succeed, or do I really have to have some experience? I mean, no, no. I think that's an insulting question. No, no, I'm saying, I mean, no, be, for, I for the for no, the I intimidated don't. novice, could I ever, you know, bake like Dory does? Yes. Yes, yes, you can. I don't suggest um, that you start with a wedding cake right. if you haven't baked before, but you could start. Did, did you and my wife talk before this show? <laughs> but you could start with the anyone could start with the almond crackles mm-hmm. which just have three ingredients um an egg some sugar and almonds and you mix these cookie the cookie I don't know three ingredients batter. sounds like a lot right I, but i think pickle. honestly i think for a lot of people uh, they're uh, afraid of baking given that you know things have to be so exact but well, i but your cookies are the most forgiving right a, a cookies are a great place to start well, and your recipes are so well written and so well explained. There's not a lot of fear to be had when you're Thank reading you. them. Do you know Thank what I mean? Because like sometimes you read somebody's recipe and you're like, oh my god, that's that seems like a lot more than I can handle. But that's just not, you know, your writing is is very welcoming. So I feel like people Thank feel you. comfortable when they look at what you're doing. Yeah, the recipes are long, but they're some of them, but mm-hmm. they're only long because I want. I want to explain everything because as a cookbook author, all you really want is for someone to bake something and feel great about what they baked. So I want you to be successful. So I've written the recipes and tested them over and over again with that in mind. Success. Yes. Now, wait, now, are you going to be doing any uh, book signings or anything in the D.C. area? I'm coming to D.C. this week. 
When? So I'm so excited. How do I, I not know Washington, this? Washington, D.C. So, okay, so you don't know this. I'll tell you quickly where yeah, quickly. am I going to be. So I'm going to be at Sur La Table in Arlington doing mm-hmm. a demo mm-hmm. from 2 to 3 on Friday the 28th. Okay. Um, doing a dinner at the National Press Club. Fantastic. And I'll be at the Smithsonian Festival oh. on Saturday morning the 29th. Doing a demo of the World Peace Cookie. Wait a minute. Wait, whoa, whoa. What are you doing Sunday morning? Sunday morning, I'm having brunch with my family oh. in New York. How oh, dare so you pick your family over us? After all, we've been, all, we've meant so much to each other. But. For so long. Um, I'll also be at Politics and Prose at 1 o'clock on Saturday the 29th. Okay, so, perfect. Right. I will. Um, I will talk to your publicist. Make sure I have all that information, so we can make sure our, our listeners know all. And about I that. assume we're okay. going to be able to. We got to wrap up and go to commercial, but we're going to be able to find cookies on Amazon and in all the major bookstores. I'm betting. Am I right? Yeah, you can find it online now, and on Tuesday it'll be in all the bookstores. Awesome. All right. Well, congratulations. It's another. Thank you so tour de force. Much. Okay. Once again, it was fun. Thank okay. you. Take right. care. Thank you, Dory. Bye. This is David Bye. and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a minute. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to start foraging wild berries. I was skeptical, but these are actually pretty good. You don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. You just need FeedThePig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at FeedThePig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. This is Roger Waldron, president of the Coalition for Government Procurement and host of Off the Shelf. My show brings a voice to commercial service and product companies selling in the federal market. Each week, I talk to experts from inside and outside government about the latest federal compliance and policy information for government contractors. Join me every Tuesday and Thursday morning at 11 a.m. for Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio 1500 a.m. or download it anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Search Off the Shelf. My mother was an airman. My friend was a Marine. My son was a soldier. He died by suicide on March 21st, on April 25th, 2004. She didn't think there was hope. He didn't think there was help. He didn't think he could be healed. There is hope for your son. For your friend. For your husband. Treatment Treatment can can work. There is hope. There is help. You can heal. For help, call the Veterans Crisis Line at 1-800-273-8255. If you've ever worked for a large company that provides services to a customer, at some point you may have said, Huh, I think I might be able to do this better on my own. Well, this is a show for people who actually take the step off the ledge and fend for themselves in the cutthroat world that is government contracting. I'm Alan Scott of Columbia Technology Partners and host Ready to Prime. Part information, part inspiration, and all small business. Heard the last Tuesday of every month on Federal News Radio 1500 AM or on demand at federalnewsradio.com. Search Ready to Prime. Hey, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. I think... Dory Greenspan's cool. Mm-hmm. She's like, and she, you know, hung out with Julia Child and all that. Well, she co, she edited. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's quickly go back to Morgan. Um, this drink, this drink is delicious. <laughs> this drink is gorgeous. What is this? <laughs> so that's our Meyer Jean. Uh, so it's beef eater gin, uh, Suze, Lille Rose, Good and uh, Esprit de June. Oof. Um. So <laughs> the thing that makes it Not yellow. 
not for the light. I mean, no, I mean, yeah, you know, no. you say you're supposed to have a sip of these and not get cranked before dinner. This will, this is yeah. pretty strong. So this is more of an application of those uh, aperitifs that regain popularity here in America. Uh, Sue is the thing that makes it yellow, which mm-hmm. is ex- exceptionally bitter. Um, I sort of like to liken it to really pungent cheese or really dark chocolate. It's sort of an acquired taste, but once you do acquire that taste, it really. Well, I think all of your the, the ones that all the ones you have served have um, not a they all have sort of a bitter quality to them. You know, they're not sweet and they're not sticky, which I think you know a lot of people. I think when they think of an aperitif, think it's going to be syrupy. So the it's actually one of the things that sort of makes it good as an aperitif is you want it drier because you want to start craving food when you're drinking them. Uh, so if it's something super sweet, it's sort of going to to lower your appetite. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that sort of plays into all of it. You want a little bit of bitterness. You want drier. Uh, this is really a pretty drink. It yeah, is it's delicious. Very pretty. <laughs> but it's, very, it's very strong. It is, it is definitely, uh, like I said, the Suze especially is a little bit of an acquired taste, but it's almost like a rite of passage once you get to it. Mm-hmm. You feel really good about drinking it. Okay, cool. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, you're going to make your next drink? Yes. What are we making next? Uh, so for our next drink, I'm actually doing something uh, that we're about to feature for our fall cocktail menu, sort of moving into warmer weather drinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's got pig's nose scotch, a little bit of Earl Grey tea, and some cardamom bitters, and a little bit of vanilla liqueur. Like cool. a mad chemist. Very similar. <laughs> uh, all right. So while you're doing that, let's talk to our new friend, Nancy Pollard, from La Cuisine, which is a culinary uh, boutique right in the heart of Old Town. Right. And I mean, what's cool is Nancy and her husband are just like shopkeepers of old. They live really? in a palatial apartment above the <laughs> not quite the, palatial <laughs> above the, <laughs> the shop. And and well, first let's talk about the shop. Why don't you give everybody kind of an overview of what you got there? Well, it's a obviously a very independent store. Uh, we try and carry really functional. Uh, culinary equipment, topical cookbooks, including Dory Greenspan's mm-hmm. cookbook. Uh, we also do uh, kitchen linens. We do knives. We carry uh, what we feel is the best that you can have in your kitchen. does not necessarily mean the most expensive. And we've been at it for over 40 years. Well, so let's talk about that. You've been doing this for so long. What When you started, yes. what was it that you were... What were you looking to do initially? Well, it I had kind of an epiphany. I was a German language student mm-hmm. and in an international school in Germany. And I was shocked when I found out that people actually, students there cooked together. Mm-hmm. And I actually met a French woman who was a secretary in a, a multi um a big French corporation. She was taking German because she was being stationed in in Germany. And she invited us all over to her little apartment and cooked this wonderful meal. Mm -hmm. And there was this big copper pot on her little stove. And I said, where did you get that? And she said, oh, I always take my copper pot with me wherever I go. And that really... It It stuck with you. It it, it kept with me. Was that a big suitcase? (laughs) It was an amazing so, moment. So, but when you opened up your shop, what were you looking to bring? You know, like in today's world, when people open stores, they do focus groups and they see what people need. Like you did this out of what you wanted? Well, and this was the period that Julia Child what had made the initial splash mm-hmm. with her, her Boston-based TV program. So I was very 
influenced by that. I think when you walk in the store, people always markedly said, oh, you have the same kind of board that Julia Julia Child had. had. So, Mm -hmm. um, yes, I was very much influenced by that. I also happened to cook with a woman who was had graduated from the Cordon Bleu in Paris and had actually stuck it out for the whole three years and won uh, with honors degree. And I cooked with her every week. She happened to be in Old Town. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I got, I learned a lot from I wish her. we had more time. I would do my Julia Child <laughs> impersonation for you. Okay, you did um, it. But, um, well, so but let's I, talk about pantries because yes. we don't want to run out of time. Okay, well, yes. we're not going to run out of time. But I Why wanted to just talk so about, important? like, how you evolved you know, to today? Well, we just keep, I mean, we all cook Mm -hmm. and we all really keep focused on what's practical. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it can't be fun. We're not without a sense of humor. Mm -hmm. But uh, as I said to you earlier, I'm sort of a recovered um, cookware set purchaser. Mm -hmm. And I realized that actually you, you need to purchase things for how you cook, not based on because it's 70% off for 21 pieces. Right. And That's my kind of set, baby, <laughs> right there. Um, but you do so many things there. You do cooking classes. We do. You offer so much at this place. Well, we we do a knife skills class, actually, with Joe Rafa, who runs the kitchens for um, Jose Andres' yeah. Instinct Food Group. And He's then been we in do a thousand times. Cookie decorating, that's really it. It's a small space. We, mm-hmm. we do just hands-on classes, mm-hmm. so they're limited to six students. So mm-hmm. that's... Is there a pantry class? No, there's no pantry class. There should class. be a pantry class. <laughs> but let's, so, like, how do you help people? Like, let's talk about, like, what you brought in today, which is perfect after talking uh, to Dory, because uh, yes. this is, like, everything well, these, you need for cookies. Basically, I, we always counsel people <laughs> to not be seduced by sets of things, but to sit down and quietly think about how you actually cook. I mean, do you really bake? Do you really use your oven, or is it just going to be there just for an occasional casserole or roast? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you cook, do binge cooking and freeze meals, that should be a focus. You might not need a graduated set of saucepans. You might need two or three saucepans the same size. Mm-hmm. In fact, I learned that the hard way. Um because right, I think about like when everybody gets married, they register for like exactly. some massive amount That's, of handsets. I remember I mean? moving from an apartment to our house, and I was shocked to find out that I had acquired over 19 electrical appliances for my kitchen. <laughs> which, in a, you know, I only needed like maybe two or three. Right, of so. course. Um, so for the well drawn out pantry tell us some of the things we need like what you brought in today well now if you bake mm-hmm. uh these these aren't very glamorous tools i mean i think materials matter these are actually all professional ones that i think and they're not that expensive mm-hmm. um the first is a half sheet pan this is actually one that's made in the u.s it's used in in all institutions mm-hmm. uh you can use it for a triple recipe of brownies there you go um or you can roast chicken parts, or you can do nuts, or you can do just whatever you want. I, I started out with one of these. I now have seven. I mm-hmm. think every kitchen should have a half-sheet pan. Mm-hmm. And then if you have a really tiny oven, you can have a quarter-sheet pan. In sure. fact, um, what is this thing? This a is spatula. What it, looks like, it looks like a good thing to spank you oh with my God, or something. This is, this is the 
this is the stove implement we sell the most of. We this sell is a spatula? Hun- it, we call it a line cook spatula. It's also called a fish slice. You can you can actually baste, you know, you know create gravy with it. You right. can turn over fish. You can scrape with it this way. It doesn't it's stuff slip through it. This is a device that doesn't look like a standard spatula. It's no, got, it doesn't. Like, right. um, spaces between each of the, the Right. Uh, what do you call them? Prongs? I don't know what those yeah. are. But. Well, we, as we said, so, every line cook has one. Mm-hmm. That's why we call it the line cook spatula. It's okay. amazing. But you got to go see it. Yeah, you have to see Radio it. Radio is theater of the mind. Yeah. Right. And, of course, Silpat, if you bake, you have will to have change. It. And you should do your spare ribs on it. Oh. Anything, that, just, anything that's, that's gunky. Sticky, right. Yeah. What's sense. it called? Silpat. It'll ch- it'll change your baking life. And let's talk about the scraper because that's like okay. my favorite. Okay, so this tool. is a I bench scraper. People use it in bakeries to uh, scrape up dough and clean mm-hmm. off the counters. But if you chop a bunch of peppers or onions, you just pick it up. Right. And it's actually a good size. If they're too big, they're awkward. Mm-hmm. And um, this one's made in France. It's well, um, I also use mine because it's so nice and sharp. I use it like for cutting brownies can. because it really yeah. helps keep I was them square. Just just going to say that it's a very, very useful mm-hmm. t- tool. Um, this is called a spoonula. This is uh, the, the professional version of it because the, it's sealed here and okay. it doesn't get any microbes. But I think because it's curved, it's just so much more useful than a scraper. Of I course. mean, you'll pick it up two or three times more often than you would a standard a regular one. scraper. That makes all the sense. Yeah. Well. And, and the then, last thing, because then we got to wrap up. Yep. Okay. So this is a little t- tomato and citrus knife. Uh-huh. After a chef's knife, it's the most popular knife we sell in the store. Really? Because yeah. it just allows you to Well, it's got two thing. prongs and yeah. it's easy Salads, to grab stuff. Uh, and... Sliced tomatoes for your BLTs. Mm-hmm. Tomato. You say tomato. I say tomato. Okay. Well, I say tomato. Let's call the she whole does. thing she off. She says tomato. <laughs> All right. So tell everybody where La Cuisine is. We're in Old Town Alexandria, 323 Cameron Street. Our website is LaCuisineUS.com. All right. Thank and now you. we're going to go Thank from you. Old Town to Umindian, Umindian, Greece with Julie Peterson. Hi, um, Julie. Hi, Hello. Julie. So we've got about a minute and a half us. before we go to commercial. We're going to come back to you. But, but let's talk. I mean, the Greeks have been making and you know growing grapes and drinking wine for like hundreds of years before Christ, right? That's right. They're one of the countries that are known as the cradle of civilization and Mm -hmm. cradle of wine. So it's a great place to start. And what is really cool about this region is that it's in the very high northern, it's like high altitude. It's way up by the Macedonian border. Mm -hmm. And some of the top, I was in Crete just before I went to the uh, vineyards for the first time. And I was at this tiny little restaurant and they were like, um, you know, where are you going? And I said, oh, we're going to Amindian to visit Alpha and Kiriani Estates. They're like, oh, you're going to meet the superheroes of wine in Greece. Oh, my God. How so exciting. that was the, in, my introduction to them. So, yeah. So, so tell us a little bit wines. about the wine. So you brought in all these beautiful wines today. So what is it about this region and the wines they produce? Well, this region, it's a new region. Um, and they really, uh, people are, the wines that are coming from it are high-altitude wines. So it, they're likened to Nebbiolo wines or the mm-hmm. complexity of uh, wines from Burgundy, in fact. So the, the, the simple thing to remember about wines from Greece is that you just pronounce every single letter 
and vowel in every word, like assertico. You just okay. go through. So you know I'm not saying anything. I won't say anything. I will oh, you mean assertico? Right. Of course. Assertico. It's not happening. Why well, everyone knows that? <laughs> right. But the red grape from this region is Zinomavro. Okay. Zinomavro. Easy. Mm-hmm. Let's hear you say it. Zinomavro. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Accidentally. So what is it? So there's three different wines we're going to try. One is the Zinomavro, which mm-hmm. is a blend. It's actually from Alpha Estate. It's a blend of Syrah. Everybody knows. Right. Merlot and Zino Mavro. Okay. So right, we're going to try that. Take a break. And then we're going to come back. And we're going to hear about all the wines and what yes, you're ma'am. pouring. Great. And we'll get to tie them on air. So this is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We are tasting some wines from Greece. We'll be back in a sec. This segment of Foodie and the Beast is sponsored by ProFish, D.C.'s premier seafood company. ProFish delivers only the freshest, safest, and most sustainable seafood. Visit them at ProFish.com. Federal News Radio's Jason Miller is on Twitter. Follow him at jmillerwfed for the latest IT and federal management news. At jmillerwfed. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I'm Aileen Black. And I'm Gigi Shum. Together, we host Women of Washington. You'll hear the inspiring and amazing stories of women who have paved their own path to success and achieved incredible milestones in their careers. Some have leaned in. Others took an unconventional approach. All have made an impact on the business landscape of Washington, D.C. and beyond. Tune in Wednesday afternoons at 1 for Women of Washington, Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Download it anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Search Women of Washington. Boys and Girls Clubs provide a positive place for kids. Girl Scouts build strong minds and effective women leaders. Wolf Trap and Imagination Stage support the development of artistry, creativity, and innovation. Hi, I'm GEICO Vice President Brentia Rost, urging you to give to your local Boys and Girls Clubs, Girl Scouts of the nation's capital, Wolf Trap, and Imagination Stage. Please visit their websites today. Investing in the future of our youth is a policy we can all be proud of. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Before we get back to Julie Peterson and the wines of Umindian Greece, I just want to thank our sponsors, the folks at uh, ProFish. We have a new sponsor, the Market at River Falls we out of do. Potomac. Thank you, James. Bless you, James McWhorter. And, uh, uh, of course, Celebrity Cruises, and we'll mm-hmm. be talking about the cruise Nikki's doing uh, in a couple of seconds. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to Julie. So, um well, first of all, this mm-hmm. Sauvignon, it's not a Sauvignon. Is it a, I mean, do they call it a Sauvignon Blanc? No, they, <laughs> it is you know, a Sauvignon I mean, Blanc. So we're going to taste the first two we're going to mm-hmm. taste is a white and a red, a, okay. a Sauvignon Blanc from Alpha Estate. Um, it's 100% Sauvignon Blanc. It is, um, Angelos, the winemaker, was actually trained in Bordeaux. So okay. you can tell it's like, it's a high altitude Sauvignon Blanc, but it's uh, very much a French style. It's got a nice... But it doesn't have mil- mineralogy in it. I mean, absolutely. you can smell it before you even taste it. Yeah, they call this the foodie Sauvignon Blanc. And the amazing thing is that, you know, this is, uh, it's at the, you know, Capnos and Iron Gate Inn. There's a lot of restaurants in D.C. that have really, um, you know, that are showing a lot of the Alpha Estate wines. And, I mean, this retails for $19. Wow. So it's just this, they call it the Foodie Sauvignon Blanc, and this is, I mean, I consider it, you know, my well, because um, entertainment wine. It's really yeah. palatable. It's super easy to drink. It's good. It'll match any food. I mean, 
it can really go with anything, and it's perfect for weddings. I hope like someone's this. recording that. It sounds like a commercial. Well, no, I'm just saying. I mean, <laughs> no, you know, because sometimes we try wines on air that you know you either need to wrap around food or they're very sharp. No, um, this you can just sit and sip. Nice. Sometimes the minerality in a Sauvignon Blanc can be overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, the you flavor. know, the critics for these wines, they're all like 90 plus scores. So Elf mm-hmm. is really bringing um, a lot of awareness to the region, what the potential is for these wines in the region. Okay, so let's talk about the red now. So the red is a blend um, of uh, Zeno Mavro, which we all learned to say a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. uh, Merlot and Serrat. So very, um, just like very approachable. Um, not it's not like heavy tannins that you know want to hit you in the face, but it's very well blended, super smooth, but very deep. This is a 2012. Okay. So he's making ageable wines. Um, they're just like very modern, but uh, have this really deep complexity to them. Well, so let's just talk about for a second uh, wines from Greece in general, because even though uh, Greece has been making wines forever and a day. It doesn't, it's just now gaining more momentum. You know, you mentioned two very good restaurants. You've got the Capnos, Mike Isabella Group restaurants, mm-hmm. and then obviously Iron Gate, which is a fabulous restaurant as well, um, showcasing the wines of Greece. And I know Jose Andre at Satinia when he mm-hmm. launched that restaurant, that was sort of the first restaurant in D.C. 10 years ago or so that Absolutely. actually was showcasing wines from Greece. And people were kind of like, Ooh, I don't know what to do. It's I, marketing. I mean, the, the same thing with the wines of Bulgaria and no, I Georgia. Know, but you, you know, know they're what all I'm great saying. wines, but nobody knows about them. I think one of the great things about the D.C. area is that um, there is a great openness to international varietals. I think it's because we're a great international city. It's an city. international city. Yeah. And also because these wine regions um, over the last 20 and 30 years are really focused on making modern technical wines and wines that, you know, have been are ancient. Right. Mm-hmm. These are ancient grapes, but they are making them in modern wine wine styles. Um, so and it's just amazing to see a lot of the restaurants in the D.C. area um, really being advocates of, you know, not just bringing in a corporate wine list, but really reaching out and trying to find the top producers from different regions and mm-hmm. profiling them on their menus and introducing them to uh, to, you know, all of us who are looking for new experiences. OK, so you're going to pop one more. OK, what you do guys we got? are making me open this on air. So okay. we'll see how that goes. <laughs> okay. No pressure. So this is um, from another state in addition to Alpha with the other uh primary estate in the northern region mm-hmm. is Kiriani, which is um, with the Butari family. Um, Cellulose is the winemaker now and is, okay, let's see. See if the cork will take out the uh, sprinkler system. Yes. Yeah. I know, you guys. Ready? One, two, there we go. Oh, that was anticlimactic. So okay. So this is a really interesting wine. I'm eager for you to taste it. Um, mm-hmm. It's a. This is a sparkling Zeno Mavro. Okay. Um, and people call it racy. Okay. So we'll see what you think with that. That's, a we, that's how we refer to our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a sparkling. Um, it's a rosé, you can see. Right. Um, and it just... Uh, it is one of those kind of fall into winter, great sparkling wines, great acidity. Mm. Um, for this big grape, it really has this great acidity and great balance to it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it goes very, very fast. This is the, I bet it the does. downsides. So <laughs> let me ask you, um, where can people find these wines? These are at most fine wine retailers in D.C. Mm-hmm. Anybody, uh, any retailer that you go in, you ask for Alpha or Kiriani. If they don't have them, they can order them. Um, but they're really well known now in the area. Okay. So, thank you so much right. for having thank me. You. Thank you. No, delicious. thank you for pouring all these lovely wines. All right, um, it was Morgan, so good to learn more about it. We're back to you. Hi, Morgan. This drink is beautiful. Thank you. It's lemony. It what is, is it? Lemony. Uh, so this is our cochonet. 
Mm -hmm. Um, So this is sort of going into our fall cocktail menu. You come in for Apero uh, at 4, sit down for dinner at 5.30. And so it's sort of a more food-driven cocktail. Okay. Uh, So it's got pig's nose scotch, a little bit of vanilla, cardamom bitters, and I just Earl like Grey. the name Pig Nose Scotch. I just so, think that's such a great name. So Cochonet means piglet. Uh-huh. Uh, so between the Pig's Nose Scotch and then for the garnish, we have a little little piglet tail. Cute. Uh, curly cute. It's not um, an actual piglet tail. It is not. It is a lemon peel. It, is just, it looks like I it. I want to know how you're peel. so pert and upbeat after being up till four in the morning. I don't know how <laughs> practice. you're doing Practice. <laughs> Lots of practice. <laughs> that is really I'm delicious. I'm faking it, right? Um, and is... so what are some of the treats that are being served with these drinks? Because we haven't really yeah. gotten into that. Yeah, absolutely. So so for Apro, uh, like I said, we've got a variety of different Gruyeres. Um, in addition to the delicious Gruyere cheese one uh, mm-hmm. that obviously you're familiar with, we've got one with some truffles. Uh, mm. One that's flavored with rosemary, which is my personal favorite, and then one with a little bit of espelette pepper. So it's got a little bit of kick to it. Oh, I love that. Uh, but they all still have the Gruyere cheese in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, so are those new to the menu? Really... Yeah. They are. So those are just available for Apero. Oh, that's it. Right. Um, so, yeah. So if you want a little yeah. bit of variety. you got to start getting there menu. early, right? Right. And so... then we also have a lot of uh, – we have our full raw bar mm-hmm. available. So some oysters, some nice cocktails. Wait, so you got the best – Seafood. Well, the seafood tower is the best in the yeah. in America. I mean, I have no problem saying that on air. It's, I mean, it's the best it's seafood tower. It's an unsolicited yeah, testimonial. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, when we go there, that's what we order. I mean, I just love that seafood tower. It's fantastic. Yeah. So now it's just you can get it an hour. So earlier. is there a time? So is there a time frame? So give everybody like a better four one one. Like, is there a time frame yeah, around absolutely. this? How does it work? So Apro is available from four to five, just Monday through Friday. Okay, because uh, it's really supposed to. To sort of bridge that gap between work and dinner. And it sounds dinner. so much nicer than happy hour. Well, happy hour <laughs> is really more of uh, it's celebrating being out of work. Right. It's almost like it's almost got a negative connotation to it. Whereas Apro is celebrating the night starting. Right. It's really like it's a really positive thing as opposed to oh man we just we need a drink okay, we like need get a drink. me out of here right. Uh, it's I love that. Oh the nights the night's gonna be awesome and this uh-huh. is just the start of it uh, with some oysters and some cocktails. That I love that. Great. I think it's such a great idea. All right, let's idea. make sure everybody knows the address of Le Diplomat. I mean, if you've been living under a <laughs> rock right, and you don't know. know where Le Diplomat is. So it is at 1601 14th Street, Northwest, corner of six, uh, 14, 14th, 14th and Q. 1601 14th Street, uh, corner of 14th and Q Street. Right? And while there's nothing wrong with Boston or Bethesda, you suburbanites that think going downtown is going that far, you're, you're missing a lot down <laughs> yeah, 14th Street. It's always Street. a party. All right, so uh, it's about time to wrap up the show, but I want I want you to tell everybody again. Nikki has put together a great, uh, really a top chef's cruise for celebrity cruises leaving uh, January. Not a 20th. top chef, but a uh, top two of them chef. are top chefs. I know, I and the know. other is a top. You see him on the Today Show all the time. Yes. He's a top chef. Yes, and also so Derek. So tell them about it. Okay, so in also, if you've been living under a rock, the D.C. Chef's Cruise is leaving Miami on January 28th. Uh, we're doing this with Celebrity Cruises. They've anointed me to be their regional ambassador, which has been such a pleasure, and I've really been enjoying doing it. But we have put together this amazing cruise with Mike Isabella, Marjorie Meek Bradley, Derek Brown, and David Guas. And we are uh, leaving for Miami on January 28th, so that's after all the inaugural insanity and uh, we are going to uh, Cozumel, Grand Cayman, Jamaica and Hispaniola. Lots of great demos with the chefs, lots of hanging out poolside with the chefs, private dining and actually in Cozumel we're going to a private beach 
where uh, the chefs are going to barbecue out on the beach and Derek's going to make some fabulous punches. I mean, it's just going to be a week of fun and sun and amazing food and drinks. So there are a few cabins left, so we really do hope you'll join us. What what do you want to say? And for those of you that are uh, economy-minded like I am, it is a top-end package, all your beverages, everything. Oh, that's true. For less than you would pay. Celebrity did this for Nikki for less than you would pay if you just did it a la carte. No, I was really demanding about the how they put it together. I really wanted it it to be um, a top of the line uh, trip without it being uh, top of the line on your pocket, so to speak. So um, we're very excited about it, and there are still some um, rooms available, and all the rooms uh, have ocean views with a veranda. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So we'll hope you join us. And I'll be in a speedo. Okay. All right. On that note, thank you to all of our guests for joining us today. It was a delight. Delicious show, as always. It was fun. Uh, next week, it's all about sustainable sea- seafood. We're bringing in an entire panel. We'll be discussing how we can do it correctly. No. This is David and Nikki Nellis for Foodie and the Beast. We hope you have a delicious week, and thank you once again. All right.